Message Podcast with Pastor Rick Hale, Senior Pastor of Grace Community Church in Roswell, New Mexico. I'm your co-host, Sean Lee. We're so honored that you joined us today. It is our purpose at Living Your Dash to help you better connect the dots of discipleship so that you can find and fulfill God's purpose for your life. Okay, so here we are back at the Living Your Dash podcast. I am here with Pastor Rick Hale, pastor of Grace Community Church right here in lovely Roswell, New Mexico. So Rick, got to ask you this question. Uh, I know all of America, maybe all the world, we are ready for this this uh, this shutdown to be over. I'm just kind of curious, okay, whether whether you have time or the money to do it. What 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 is a favorite place you would want to go to after this is over? Oh yeah, I'm gonna reveal my true heart. I want to go see my grandkids. Woohoo! <laughs> all, all the way to Amarillo, Texas. You know, forget all the exotic places <laughs> in the world. I would much rather uh, go hug my two grandkids. I miss them. Oh, you are such a grandpa. I mean, I can't believe that you would do that. <laughs> uh, I you. Where do you want to go? Where do you want to go, man? Well, I'll tell you what, I mean, the, the, I'm getting, you know, of course, the, the double whammy of, of having, I'm on in, doing chemotherapy right now, and so I have to be real careful where I go, but, you know, I can't go anywhere anyway, but uh, uh, something that I've just been antsy to do, I haven't ridden my motorcycle, even my bicycle, uh, since February, and so I'm just, I just want to get out, I want to, uh, I think, just a lovely ride up to Rudo, so I think I would be so content, but if I could do anything I would love to, they, they call it, I think it's called the Golden Circle, and it's a trip around uh, the Grand Canyon and Monument Valley and uh, Bryce Park, um, things like that. So You want yeah. me to hum, hum that great song on the road again while you're yeah. talking? Could you do it? That'd be great. No, let's not do that. Okay. <laughs> Rick, fantastic message again. I love this series on courage, and uh, the thing that, that, is remarkable about courage. Of course, we all need courage at the right time. Um, but you know, some of that just kind of, as I look at, at the Bible, as I look at how God works with human history, um, I, the thing that I, that I see is, is that it's almost as if God always, I don't know, seems to be looking for a confrontation uh, with the world, you know, the way that he set himself apart with Abraham, the way that he set himself apart with Moses and the Israelites. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Is God looking for a ways to confront the world? Yeah, is God looking to pick a fight? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> you know, I, here's the way I would say it, Sean, is uh, I, don't think, I don't think God or I don't think God's people have to go looking for trouble. A, a trouble comes looking for us. Uh, and uh, here's what I mean by that. When you study the Gospels, there's a line that says, and Jesus went about doing good. Now think about that. Here Jesus comes to earth, and he goes about doing good. And you think, well, if he went about doing good, why in the world did they end up nailing him to a cross? And the answer is because evil does not like good. Right. So when someone comes along doing good, there is an automatic confrontation. It's unavoidable. And it's not that Jesus went out looking to pick a fight with the Romans or the Pharisees or the Sadducees, but he went about intentionally doing good. And that upsets the apple cart 
of evil. So Christians, uh, you know, when you, when you go about doing good and you follow Christ and you get confronted, don't go, well, what's wrong? Uh, here I am doing good. Uh, people should be cheering. I should be getting gold medals for what I do. Uh, not in this world. We live in a fallen world. Right, right. I, I think again about how uh, Peter says, you know, don't be, uh, don't be surprised uh, by the opposition that you're, um, that you're facing because you're trying to do right. Uh, because, yeah, you're not going to give me medals. No one's going to give you a medal. <laughs> so, yeah where, yeah, where do you think Peter learned that lesson? By following Jesus around for three years as Jesus was doing good. Yeah. Do you think, though, that, that there is something about God is wanting, uh, whether it is because of his justice or because of uh, uh, he is truth, that when people are trying to live this, these lives of, of untruth, they're making up their own rules about who God is and about how God, uh, how they want God to perform in this world. Do you think, though, that, that God is still wanting to say, no, no, you've got this wrong? Yeah, God loves us so much. He is not willing to let the planet stay as it is. And he, you know, when, when sin entered the planet, the scripture is very clear. God didn't throw up his hands and say, well, forget this. I'll go put people on Jupiter. Mm -hmm. uh, he, he did not give up on the planet. Uh, in fact, he said, I, I'm going to rescue the planet. Mm -hmm. So when you rescue there's going to be conflict and there's going to be confrontation. I think you're exactly right. The justice of God and the love of God demands that he intervene in human history. Mm. You know, earlier you and I were talking about the, that, that God actually said something about this in Deuteronomy chapter uh, four. Um, what, what were you trying to say through that? Yeah, here they are. You know, uh, Moses has everybody lined up on the other side of the Jordan River. They're ready to enter the promised land. And before the people go in under the leadership of, of Joshua, Moses says something very interesting in Deuteronomy 4. And he, he's talking about how God has given the law, the Ten Commandments. And he says, observe them, that is the Ten Commandments, carefully. For this will show your wisdom and understanding to the nations. In other words, the, the, the pagan culture is looking on. Right. And they're going to hear about all these decrees. And they, the nations, will say, surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. What other nation is so great as to have their gods near them the way the Lord our God is near us whenever we pray to him? And I love verse 8. It says, And what other nation is so great as to have such righteous decrees and laws as this body of laws I'm setting before you today? Isn't that fascinating that mm -hmm. Moses is saying, when you go in, if you will live up to the laws of God, the, the world will be watching and they will be going, I don't know what they've got but I want what they've got. There's something, there's something about faith in God that should be contagious and appealing to the world around. Mm, I love that. I love that, that, that God wants 
uh, wants to use uh, Israel, and there he wanted to use Israel, and therefore he wants to use us as as this um, um, uh, this example of I am the God who listens to you when you pray. In fact, I'm the only one that listens to you when you pray. Uh, and so listen to my my righteous laws and listen to my decrees. I love that. Um, yeah, the world is watching, and it's right back to Jesus and the Sermon on the Mount. You are the light of the world. Uh, you are a city set on a hill. Uh, what's he saying? You're to shine. People are looking. People are watching. Show them how to live successful, prosperous lives by mm -hmm. obeying my commands. I think this, again, uh, shows to me the marvelous wisdom of God. Uh, as disciples, we, we, we don't attend to a list of, of, of rules and regulations. We have a relationship uh, with God. Uh, and this is, this is the whole difference. That, I think that that's why Jesus said, you will be my witnesses, not, not just my adherents. You're going to be my witnesses, uh, which uh, assumes a relationship. Um, okay, so here, here's just kind of flowing with the thought here. Um, I love that Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael, they had a great outcome, okay? Everybody loves a good outcome to a story. But, you know, I'm just kind of curious, Rick. I, I sure would love to have a story that doesn't include, I don't know, being thrown into a fiery furnace. Is there any way that we can skip the persecution part? Yeah, Sean, if you learned the uh, way for that, write a book. I'll be the first to <laughs> purchase a copy, and you'll, you'll have a million seller in no time flat. <laughs> Yeah, not in a fallen world. Not in a yeah. fallen world. Persecution always precedes promotion. When you look at all the great heroes of the Bible, uh, they they made a stand for God. They said, "I'm going to do good." The evil world persecuted them, but in the end, you will notice all the way through Scripture, God, one way or another, provided for these individuals, and in the end, they got promoted. And sometimes yeah. you have to wait to the last page of the novel to see <laughs> the promotion. But uh, one way or another, God promoted these individuals. I think that, and of course, I was joking about that. And, and you know, would, do we really want to skip that step? Uh, I think if there's anything else that we see, people recognize the virtue of, of what happens when people stand up to the bully or they stand for the truth and they don't lie. Um, there, there is a nobility uh, to standing up for that which is right. Um, I guess, I don't know, what, what is it about that fear of, of entering into the deep weeds of those decisions that we don't wanna, we don't wanna go further? Yeah, there's, there's something very human about avoiding pain. We don't want to, to walk into pain and yet sometimes the call of God on our lives will lead us directly, like our three friends in the story this week. It'll lead you right into the fiery furnace. Yes, yes. Okay, so, you know, there are obviously, you know, we, we have a special word for them, social justice warriors. They're the people that, that take offense to everything, and they'll, 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 they'll just uh, they'll flame a person on a Facebook uh, post or... Uh, they'll they'll do all manners of <laughs> verbal uh, catastrophe on somebody. Um, I mean that's that's not really what you're what we're saying here though, right? I mean that's to me that's like a false courage. Uh, what what is it that that we're saying of that? 
Yes. Sometimes, you know, people are that way and they say, yeah, I took a bold stand for God. No, you were just obnoxious. <laughs> you, you were just being rude. Yeah. Again, you go back to the gospels. You don't see Jesus being obnoxious. You don't see him being rude. You don't see him going out looking for a fight and looking for trouble. Now, when trouble came his way, he never compromised, yeah. but he, he, he just always impresses me that he was motivated by, by love, motivated by love. And, you know, when I hear some of the social justice warriors you're talking about, um, in, in some ways I'm afraid they do more harm than good in that they uh, kind of give Christianity uh, a, a, bad, a bad name. Mm-hmm. And, and we should have a good name in our community when it comes to doing the right thing, being kind, uh, doing good, speaking good. Well, I, I can think of too many times when I have replied out of emotion uh, to a post or something like that, and I just have decided I just can't, I just can't even say a thing. You know, it's it's probably just best not to say anything. Okay, so now let's go to the other extreme though, because obviously there are going to be people who they work at a place that it's not a church. They don't get to work at a church like me. Uh, So they're in a place where there's, there's opportunity to lie or to steal or to cheat and nobody will say a thing. In fact, however, it is, it's really bad because sometimes their coworkers will pressure them to do things like that. What would you say to a person who's clearly being picked on or pressured uh, because of their speech, actions, and behaviors. Um, they're, they're trying to be consistent as a disciple. So what would you say to them? Here's where the, our three friends become the perfect example. When they are pressured by the king to compromise their faith, they, in no uncertain terms, tell the king, I mean, imagine this, telling the king to his face, uh, no, we will not compromise. So my word to uh, the people you just described is you don't compromise. Don't be obnoxious. Don't be ugly. Don't be rude, but don't compromise. Don't compromise. You know, I'm thinking, Sean, of what, what Jesus said, gave a great promise. He said, listen, when, when you're persecuted and when you're hauled before kings, don't worry about what you're going to say. The Holy Spirit will give you the words to share. So I would say don't compromise. I would say depend on the Holy Spirit, listen to what the Holy Spirit is leading you to say. And then the third thing, I would say seriously, read First Peter. Mm. More than that, don't read First Peter, study First Peter, because First Peter is all about doing good in an evil world, and how can you maintain your goodness when evil is trying to get you to compromise? Yeah. Okay, so how about this one? Um, your third point was that God wants to promote. God wants to promote his people. Do you think all these issues of, of God setting us up in, in these uncomfortable situations of getting in the deep weeds of ethics uh, at our workplace, do you think God means for us uh, to be placed in this? It almost, that almost sounds like what you're saying. Yeah, and God will. He will put his people in key positions at, at uh, strategic moments in history to move the culture in a positive way. And you, you look at 
not just biblical heroes, but think of other Christians throughout history that God has used to literally move culture, to shift culture. Mm. Yeah. You know, a, a person that, that we were talking about earlier was, uh, was William Wilberforce, uh, who was a early uh, 18th century um, uh, British politician. His, his life was dedicated uh, to abolishing slavery uh, before it, it became an issue, before it became a, a, a big um, uh, social injustice. Um, he was the one that was ringing the bell because, and clearly, it was it was uh, a very, very unveiled uh, Christian response. He knew that it was not honoring to God, and he was willing uh, to. I think that somebody said that he could have been. I don't think he was prime minister, but he could have been prime minister had he not spent so much political capital uh, in trying to end uh, slavery. Um, any thoughts from you about that? Yeah, and talk about a man who took the heat. Uh, because of his stance against slavery, he took tremendous, tremendous opposition. And he, uh, he was thrown into the fiery furnace uh, in his own right. And yet he, he came out as a hero. By the way, Sean, if people have never seen the movie that was done a few years back called Amazing Grace, uh, boy, during the during this uh, coronavirus, if you have time to watch movies, mm. uh, that would be a grand movie to watch. Very well done, but very inspirational. Seeing a man who said, because of my faith in Christ, I'm taking a stand no matter what. You know, it's, it's kind of, this is kind of a side note, but they were, um, uh, they were interviewing the act, one of the actors, the actu actually the actor, Ewan, oh, I forgot his name. <laughs> <laughs> but they were interviewing him, and he said, you know, I was surprised to learn that this song, Amazing Grace, uh, and by the way, Wilberforce, uh, his, his mentor was John Newton, the one who wrote the words of Amazing Grace, um, who himself was a slave trader. Is that right? Am I getting that right? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, he said, I was surprised to learn that Amazing Grace was not an American hymn. It was an English hymn. And uh, right. I thought, wow, how beautiful things came full circle. So, um, so th now this is just kind of an interesting thing. So um, you said in your message that God's provision will come in, in two different ways, that, that God will either deliver you from suffering or God will deliver you through suffering. Do you, do you care to expand on that just a little bit more? Yeah, you know, when you think about it, uh, A, from suffering or B, through suffering. Have you ever noticed how we always vote for A? <laughs> we, we say, God, please, please deliver me from suffering. And praise God, sometimes he does. I look in my own life, I'm sure you can as well, yep. Sean, mm -hmm. of the times uh, that there was something coming right in front of you and God miraculously just took you around that and you didn't have to go through the pain. However, there are other times that God will take us through suffering. Sean, right now, you're going through chemotherapy. Um, my guess is you prayed like me that God would deliver you from that. Yep. Well, for whatever sovereign plan God has, he's delivering you through that suffering. And 
So the challenge will be for you and others listening to this podcast who are going through sufferings of many kinds, and they come in many flavors. You will, rather than saying, why me, God? A better question is to say, okay, God, why are you allowing me to go through this suffering? What do you want to teach me? How can I be um, an example to other people looking? How can I go through this suffering in a God-honoring, Christ-glorifying way? Mm. And again, we're all human. We want to be delivered from suffering. And yet God will very often be glorified when he takes us through suffering and we come out on the other end refined as fire. Mm -hmm. Going through the fire, we are refined as gold going through the fire. Mm. Yeah, that, that, that's a pretty personal thing with me right now. I, I mean, I, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I mean, uh, last Thursday, Friday was really hard. It was really hard uh, trying to get through the chemotherapy. Um, but uh, the other day somebody said, you know, oh, I'm just so sorry. You know, they were giving me some some good pity and I appreciate it. Okay. But on the other hand, I, I and I put this in the blog as well, is, is that, uh, you know, you could pray for me. Please pray for me and, and uh, uh, send me notes and cards and Facebook messages. But don't pity me because uh, I, I'm honored that the Lord would be able to say, I want to display my glory through this. I know that sounds very pious, and I don't mean for it to sound like that, but it really is an honor to think God can teach me through this. And why would I run from something that can glorify God? Absolutely. You know, I, th I think if people, when they go through suffering, it, it, Christians kind of need to go through three stages. Stage one, when it hits, you go, why me, God? And then you need to move to stage two, which is, well, why not me? Mm -hmm. why, why should I not go through what other people go through? Uh, I'm not uh, something on a stick. <laughs> so you go through the, you know, well, why not me? But then you come out to the third stage, and that's where you say, okay, Lord, why, why me? Why mm -hmm. have you chosen me? What do you want to do in my life? Christians who get stuck in stage one can can never learn anything from the experience, nor then can they be an example that uh, that shining light to the world around. That's amazing. Well, Rick, thank you so much for spending time with us and just kind of digging a little bit deeper through this great passage. Uh, um, now, I, can you tell us what's coming up uh, at Grace Community Church? Well, we're going to dig in deeper on this courage. Uh, this coming Sunday, it's called Courage to Speak Clearly. Mm. We're going to see a, a new king over Babylon, a guy by the name of Belshazzar, and he puts on a big banquet. Sean, have you ever heard the phrase handwriting on the wall? I have. My guess is our audience has as well. We're going to learn next this coming Sunday where did that phrase come from? It came from Daniel chapter five, and we're going to learn there was so much handwriting on the wall that the wall fell down. And we're <laughs> going to watch and we're going to see the collapse of the Babylonian empire, and it all happened in one evening. Wow. Wow. 
And Daniel was right in the middle of it all. The wall fell down. The Babylonian Empire fell down. And only Daniel was left standing. Amazing. Amazing. And, and again, God had his man, his representative right there. Amazing. Whew. Well, Rick, thanks so much again for, again, spending time with me and the rest of us here on this podcast. And so um, sooner or later, I hope to be doing these face-to-face again. Me too. Thanks again for being with us today. We hope that you have been encouraged and better informed. We love to get feedback, so send us an email with your comments at info at roselgrace.com. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so that you don't miss an episode. And do us a favor by sharing this podcast on your favorite social media platform. For more information about Grace Community Church, visit us online at roselgrace.com. Until next time, may the grace and peace of the Lord Jesus be with you.